Welcome back to the second episode of Scrubbed In, where you join me and Ams as we talk about journey from med school. So what's episode two about? We're going to talk to you a bit more about how we prepare to go to medical school. We'll give you all the details, the nitty gritty details, and you'll finally find out which one of us got robbed. You already told them that I, I know. pretty much I got robbed last week, man. Ah, so, so it was <laughs> what is that? This is scrubbed in. This is about medicine. So it was arms up. You know, you got robbed in. Oh, I got <laughs> robbed in. All right, all right. Ah, it's fine. <laughs> okay, so where should we start? Where should we start? Let's start off with uh, Abdul. Hmm. Right. You got into college, did you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's only saying that because. I wanted to go to a college which he happened to go to. Um, however, when I did apply to all the various six sums of colleges, as you do after GCSEs, you know, having done all right, I got rejected from every single one of them. And to, you know, rub salt into the wound, all my mates end up going to the college that I wanted to get into. So they all had the offer except me. So, you know, I was thinking, I'm going to be stuck in this sixth form by myself. Hold on, hold on. Every single one. All of them got an offer to go to your college, really. Yeah. All Except... of them were free, I think, yeah? <laughs> yeah, They were yeah. all free, and they were, okay. And then, um, you know, I was the only one that got rejected. So, then began the most important, you know, task of mine, even more so than getting into medical, was how do I convince my friends to come and stay in the same sixth form as me for the next two years? Um, luckily enough, we were very close at the time, um, and we were a very, you know, small group of friends, so they all you know, managed to end up staying in so my current sixth form. So I convinced them not to go to the school they wanted to go to just because I got rejected. Um, and I think they're probably watching and just laughing right so now. So you, you managed to convince all your friends yeah. Yeah. to stay for you. Yeah. Well, I can I say I'm a very good friend. Good friend, eh? <laughs> so yeah, what, what did you do at college then? Um, so for medicine, what So what it was do? actually sixth form. So luckily enough, you know, to go to medicine, mm-hmm. there's certain entry requirements. So you know a piece of advice before we begin for everyone that's you know applying for certain medical school just find out what subjects or what entry requirements are um, for us it was you had to have um, one or two sciences particularly chemistry yeah um, and maths as well I can't really remember um, I don't think maths was a wasn't it maths? compulsory one I think it was you had to have chemistry and it was either biology physics or maths as okay. an add-on okay fine and then everything else was literally a bonus wasn't it yeah so definitely i remember for us i remember it was chemistry um so what i did i did the triple sciences which i did you know quite well in gcse's i really enjoyed yeah. so that's chemistry physics biology mm-hmm. and i did maths and okay. you know so all the sciences yeah pretty no much flavor. the sciences everything no flavor just all listen yeah chemistry <laughs> biology physics that's a lot of flavor there yeah, yeah. I enjoyed physics, but mine was way too hard, so I dropped physics. And for A two or yeah. A level, I did um, chemistry, biology, and maths. Maths, yeah. Um, and that was in sixth form. I think you probably did something similar, or I I did uh, very similar. In fact, mm. um, no flavor. So okay. Biology, chemistry, yeah. physics, but I also did some economics. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. So I did some economics. I really enjoyed sort of learning about the economy and what did you do maths? Supply. I didn't do maths. Oh, so you did four? You did economics was your fourth one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, bit of flavour. <laughs> bit of flavour. Ah. Um, I think it's important for our viewers to especially know that you can, I think some universities, doesn't UCL also prefer yeah. things like And non-science yeah, or something. Yeah, non-science. I think, especially um, in the field of medicine and a lot of universities do actually give some preference and do like to see that you're an individual who maybe plays an instrument, um, has an interest in politics or elsewhere. I think it's quite, it just shows that you've got sort of a, 
uh, a broader skill as sort of skill assets. Mm. Um, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I definitely agree. I think um, it definitely pays to obviously do the subjects that are desirable, so the sciences or maths, economics, but also something that you're genuinely interested about, have yeah. a passion. So it can be politics, history, economics, and unis kind of look for that just to, you know, you don't want someone just a science and you know, academic, they want to see that you are an individual and you do have other interests outside of medicine, which is quite key. So what musical instrument did you play? I played the flute in year nine and I was amazing at it. the flute? Yes. <laughs> Everyone in this country has played the flute. What did you play? The xylophone. The xylophone. <laughs> do you even know to spell xylophone? <laughs> no. Spell xylophone. Starts with X. Yeah. L. Wait, you it's wouldn't be able to correct me on this, yes? <laughs> you don't know. It's X, Y. X, Y, L. L, O. And then phone. F, O. P, F, O. There you go, yeah? P, O. There you go. P, H, O, N. All right. So those are the subjects that we did. Um, pretty much the sciences, I did maths and he did um, economics. So you do your A-levels um, preparing for application medicine. Um, and there are other various bits and bobs we'll probably talk about today in terms of application. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so j just to go back one more time. So, you do your GCSEs, you get your grades from your GCSEs, and then you have to sort of select your A levels. Uh, we did the sort of classical science, mm. all the sciences yeah. essentially uh, biology, chemistry, physics, and maths. Um, nowadays, I think universities do have preferences for humanities and other subjects out there. So, make sure you actually. Um, search up the university that you want to go to look up for sort of um, the entry requirements and take it from there um so yeah a level so you got rejected from every college yeah. managed to convince all your friends to stay at this <laughs> one six form just for you thank and, uh, you guys and then, and then and then what happened so i think you know you for it you know i'm, I'm pretty sure it's still the same you start applying for the UCAS application yeah um bear in mind for everyone that's applying for medicine the deadlines are a bit earlier for us it was around the october and january totally. so i remember it's a bit earlier compared to the other degrees so you have a shorter time frame which you need to be conscious of um there were different aspects to it you know obviously you had to go fill in the application yeah. which was all new to me and my friends get a personal um, reference from someone at uni, I mean, someone at college or sixth form. For me, um, I kind of was fortunate my head of sixth form did that reference for me. Okay. And he kind of, I wouldn't say he, he, you know, promoted me or kind of encouraged me to do medicine, but he was supporting me and happy that I wanted to kind of pursue medicine and he did the reference. Um, so I'm grateful for that. Um, did, and then, did, did we have to do our UK cap before? The UCAS or did we? No, so I think you applied for the UCAS and then you did a UK cat. I sat my UK cat. I remember towards ah, the end of the year. Okay, okay. Um, while we're on UK cat, my God, that was such a disgusting <laughs> exam. Just uh, to quickly clarify, tell, yeah, the UK cat or the BMAT uh, exams—they're the entrance exams for a lot of the medical schools. So um, some medical schools don't need any entrance exams. Some schools require the UK cat, and other schools require the BMAT. I think the BMAT is especially for Oxford, Cambridge, and Imperial. And UCL. And UCL. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, what happened there? So, UK CAT. Um, so, I knew we had to kind of do the UK CAT to go into certain med schools. Mm. Just bear in mind, all the medical schools I did apply for were all London based, yeah. just because I didn't want to move out of home. I wanted to stay at home. All my friends and family were based in London, and we're fortunate enough to have a you know a good four or five medical school in the city. Um, UK CAT. 
I'm sure now everyone probably you know access information. There's all these courses. There's the there's I think now it's like twelve hundred questions to practice UK. I didn't do any of those by the way. Mm-hmm. I didn't attend a single course. One because they were very expensive. You know. Yeah. I didn't have for someone that was on two pound a day dinner money. <laughs> you know. Okay. I didn't have the luxury of kind of going to these courses, and I never knew how much beneficial these courses were. Yeah. Or because it's not something you do, right? It's the true, courses that for. You know they want told or we weren't told like oh these courses are really good it helps you do anything i didn't know about it to be honest myself. Um, yeah. yeah and even the book the book is really good from what i've heard but i've never even you know i never got the book i didn't advise so what i did i kind of did some research online had to look at the practice papers online yeah. and fortunate enough i was able to do well in the uk cat. you did just the practice papers yeah you're a genius and um to, genius. I, i'm sure i scraped enough to kind of land the interview and then <laughs> did the interview but uk cat for me was quite tricky um it tests certain, you know, I think it's like abstract and reasoning. It's changed a little bit. Yeah. It's changed um, a little bit, but yeah. And you know, this was stuff I wasn't really good at school. We weren't really taught how to do well in the UK cat. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it. I'm just glad I did well. Yeah. I scraped that through, got the interview and got into med school and became, you know, was able to become a doctor. So I'm sure you probably smashed I think it's, it. I think it's important to say, how long did you actually prepare for the, how long did you spend um, preparing for the UK cat? If I'm honest, probably not as much as other people may have. Yeah it was probably due to the fact I didn't understand or quite fathom as to how important these exams were. You have yeah. to understand, I wanted to do medicine, I was really eager and motivated to do it. But at the same time, if I didn't get an offer to go to med school, yeah. I was still happy. Yeah, okay. It didn't make a difference for me if I got mm. in or not. Mm, 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 mm. It wasn't the end or be all for me, if that made sense. Yeah. So the UK CAT interviews, personal statement UK were just formalities for me. Don't yeah, get me wrong, I did put it. time yeah. and effort into it. Yeah. By the back of my head, it was okay i'm gonna go for it i'm gonna commit i'm gonna do my best yeah but if i don't do too well i'm happy with it yeah. and i'll pursue something else yeah so so you had your options open then didn't yeah. you yeah um so yes so where do we go from here so a levels yeah so we did a levels we did the ucas applications yeah we got references who who did your reference did you get someone to do it? a friend colleague teacher or how was that for oh, you ah see i've 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 got a i've got a quite a story to tell I guess so what happened it was, it's quite complex here so what happened was right um, I got a decent amount of a decent uh, grades in AS mm-hmm. but not good it wasn't good enough for medicine right okay. uh, I got two A's two B's right in my AS here um, just simply not good enough and I remember at the time just thinking the two A's I got was an indi- indication to me like I can do this I can get A's I can get mm-hmm. better than A's in fact um, and so what I did was um, I went to my teacher and I said, "Look, please just predict me all A's." And I remember they saying, saying no, saying I can't do it, and so forth. And I'm just being silly now. Anyways, I sort of <laughs> begged them and got my way in the end because predicted grades are important because universities look that. at that. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, they use the predicted grades because um, you don't sit the exams before. Exactly, yeah. they see your application before you've actually got the A level qualification. <laughs> so you have to remember your predicted they're very important mm-hmm. anyway I sort of begged them and it brought them round anyways um, um, and then it got to the reference stage didn't it and um, so I wanted to go to Oxford and Cambridge did you? yeah I wanted to go to Oxford and Cambridge um, wow I didn't even bother applying because um, I knew I wasn't going to get in I was pretty crazily I, I still am crazily ambitious but anyways mm. I went up went up to my teacher and I remember saying um, miss do you mind um, writing a reference for me and she asked me where do you want to go and I said Oxford or Cambridge, and she said where? Uh, so I just said, yeah, Oxford 
of Cambridge. Mind you, I dressed very differently back then. You have to imagine yeah. I was wearing a sort of New Era cap backwards and a hoodie on and let's not go to how I looked. Um, my appearance was more of a ra- uh, an American rapper. Imagine an American rapper saying yeah. they want to go to Oxford or Cambridge um, to study medicine. It just doesn't fit the picture, does it? Um, anyway, she said no. Um, and that was it. That was the end of the road of my, essentially the end of the road of my Oxbridge dreams there. But I thought, you know what, she also, she was the same lady who said to me, you shouldn't even bother applying for medicine. Wow, so, yeah. so she told you not to apply at all? Just straight, frankly said, do not apply, look elsewhere. And how did you feel after um, that when, you, when so she kind of told you that? I sort of battled the, the teacher, I sort yeah. of said, um, well, in my mock, so this was now two, three months into the second year of college. Mm. So I said, uh, well, I've sort of gone all A stars in my um, all the mocks that we've done and mm. I can do it. And she said, even if you were to get all A stars and then sit the entrance exam and also smash that, you probably still wouldn't get in. She had no wow. faith in me. And then it was all, and then she also said, even if you were to then get mm. an interview. Wow, she was adamant she didn't yeah. want you to. Yeah, and so she said, even if you were to get the interview, get the place, she said, you'll never make it out alive like, of universe, so wow. don't even bother. So where do you think, obviously, I'm sure there's loads of teachers that support whatever the students yeah, do, yeah, yeah. and you know, it's a, it's a profession similar to being a doctor where you kind of help people. Why do you think she had that mindset? Is it because, you know, the school you went to, like you said in the previous episode, out of 100 or 20 or 200 people, only two or four people got into med school. Is it kind of like she don't want you to get your hopes up and then kind of get rejected? Because, you know, rejection hurts. Yeah, and um, you... That's actually a very tough question that it's hard to understand, isn't it? Like why a teacher wouldn't support a youth or young adult sort of in their pursuit of their sort of ambitions and dreams mm-hmm. i don't really understand is it because um they want to ensure that i'm, I'm being realistic mm-hmm. and essentially uh, protect me from heartbreak is it that they um they just don't believe in me they don't think i can do it i, I honestly don't know um and it's some of it's, it's something that i'm actually working uh, within the sort of borough with schools as well to change i think teachers need to be supporting us mm-hmm. Um, even if we lack certain skills, they need to help us develop those skills. No, I definitely. Um, but when when she said it, I, I don't know. You know what? If I I actually sort of throughout my med school years and even after qualifying, tried to hunt her down. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So I thought I'd go and tell her, look, I've made it. Right. Um, she's nowhere to be seen. Um, if she's watching this, okay. um, email me, please. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> um, so for me. It seems like I had a, a much easier ride than you, so I managed to get my head of sixth one to give me the predicted grades I needed. He yeah. gave me a very good reference. Um, so I think for you, it was more of a battle. So it from was. what I gathered, you still managed to kind of uh, you know overcome those hurdles and get mm-hmm. the reference. Mm-hmm. Um, so how was the, the personal statement itself? You know, um, How did you find writing that? Was it something difficult? What did you... So admittedly, I actually found at that stage um, writing a personal statement very difficult. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was studying all the sciences, biology, chemistry, physics, and maths, and mm. none of them really and truly require you to spell words correctly and write sentences yeah. uh, appropriately and so forth. Um, so I, re- I don't think I really had those skills. Anyway, so what I did was um, I wrote a statement. I Googled lots of sort of pieces of advice, watched loads of YouTube videos, yeah. and, I, and I managed to put together a personal statement. but 
going back to the pieces of advice that we gave in our previous episode, mm. I sort of actively sort of went out looking for help. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went and asked the teacher of mine, um, who was very supportive, in fact, um, of my sort of uh, medical ambitions. And he actually reviewed it several times. Um, wow. So I did, in the end, receive support. Good. I did. Um, and he sort of looked over it several times. Um, so I guess, you know, if you kind of show the teachers and your school that, you know, you're still committed despite the obstacles, despite not coming from the best background, despite not coming from a school that may be yeah. known to have a high number of entrants to medical school, I think maybe the teachers kind of see that, you know what, this student, yeah. this, you know, this boy or girl is really committed on it. Let me support them. Let's see if we can achieve something. Yeah. Um, so I think that's quite good. You kind of set the trend or the precedence for them to kind of change their mindset. It's all mindset, isn't it? You kind of mm. have a shift in mindset and then they can move into the future encouraging other students. Um, first thing for me, I enjoyed writing a lot back then. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't really find it that difficult. Um, and like you, I did kind of spend some time on it and I probably gave it more effort than the UK cat or preparing okay, for anything okay. else. I got a lot of my colleagues to read through it. I got my teachers to review nice. it and tweak it. And as with all things, you start off with you know something that's probably not the best piece of work. And yeah. then by the time you come to submit it, it's something that you know I would say I was proud of. And yeah. I thought it would give me a good standing. And it kind of reflected who I was in that moment in time. Yeah. Because um, it is one way to show the university or these individuals yeah. that you know this is who I am. This is my background. This is why I want to be a doctor given the interview because essentially to land the interview right yeah exactly uh, I think that's actually quite an important tip always get sort of your f- get into groups of friends and then um, sort of have loads of people sort of cast an eye over it fresh eyes always mm. helps doesn't it yeah. so you've said that Definitely. you've had loads of people look at it yeah um, that's quite that's quite an important tip I yeah. think it's something I do now mm. um, Definitely. so yeah um, but yeah, and to be fair, I send my work to you to review anyway. Um, <laughs> now, yeah. <laughs> I think my, my writing has deteriorated, so has my, my level of English. Um, so personal statement, we've talked about, you know, the different A-levels we did, mm-hmm. the references, predicted grades, um, as people that may be kind of applying or looking to go into medical school, yeah. something that's like a buzzword is work experience, you know. Ah, like, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, like a funny story I remember, when I first went on, you know, the first day at medical school, I don't know if you remember. Yeah. Um, by the way, we went to, we both went to King's College London. I yeah. think we should tell them. Um, so one of the rooms, we kind of sat down and we were meeting different people. And I remember this one guy, he was just, you know, introducing himself to everyone. Oh, yeah, yeah. And one of the first things he said to us was, you know, how many different types of work experiences did you do? And I only did, you know, a good two or three. And he said he did 23 separate work experiences. 23 the or was it more it was it was an obscene amount of and i yeah. just looked at hands and i thought um, we, we didn't <laughs> oh, do half God. as much um but kind of moving back what what type of work experience did you do did you feel it helps you kind of make that decision to do medicine or did it kind of put you off medicine obviously now you're a doctor yeah. but at that time kind of walk us through what happened see uh, the way uh, my work experience wasn't really healthcare related at all mm. um again looking through sort of all the experiences that i did I didn't get the insurance that you needed to have to sit in a GP sort of office. They told me you needed a certain type of insurance. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't get clearance to go into a hospital. It's quite difficult as a 16-year-old to go and get approval to go into theatre and here and there. Um, so what I did was I went back to the drawing board, right? And um, I just thought, I need to get work experience that just demonstrates a lot of skills. Hmm. Um, I wanted to show that I could 
communicate well that I was a good sort of team player um, so I just joined actually a charity oh. yeah so I did lots of charity work and uh, through the charity work um, I managed to do yeah I managed to go to a few clinics here and there as well which was uh, a healthcare orientated the majority of it was things like I was standing outside on Whitechapel Road with a bucket in my hand collecting yeah. money for campaigns uh, or knocking on doors um, so so yeah I did mainly charity work which led me down the sort of um, work experience yeah, to develop myself. Um, what about you? Did you get any healthcare um, related? So, I think I was fortunate looking back. Um, work experience. So I didn't kind of go down, you know, the whole route of going to different shops and places yeah. to get work experience. I kind of rocked up to those career offices. I'm not too sure if they still have that school now, mm-hmm. is where they kind of hook you up or find a place for you. Okay. Um, at the time, there was only two. There was either you work in a library or work in a nursing home. Alright. Um, so, I opted for the nursing home. Okay. I kind of thought, oh, you know what? I'm just gonna be there with elderly people and kind of feeding them. And so you're not gonna be that great. But when I went there, I kind of enjoyed it a lot, and yeah. it gave me an insight into what a doctor is. Because yeah. I enjoyed interacting with these people. Some of them did have medical conditions. Mm-hmm. Some were there just because you know they don't have much support at home. They were yeah. elderly, and even the small actions of feeding them, playing with them, doing exercises mm. just to keep them stimulated. I enjoyed that a lot okay, and that okay. for me was more of a reassurance as to do you know what if you were to make it as a doctor if you were to be in this healthcare industry you'd enjoy it because I enjoyed it it was a good yeah. two weeks for me I got to understand different aspects of nutrition diet all the other you know yeah, yeah. and that was reassuring for me so that sort of um, fueled you yeah more to go exactly so and, and I think um, and after that I was able to kind of do like a long-term volunteering in like a hospital yeah um, I probably said it in a weird way on my personal statement, but in essentially I was just folding up paper and putting it in an envelope. But I'm sure I made it out to be something amazing. But you kind of, you know, mm. you don't volunteers where you, you know the guys that come with the trolleys, giving yeah, you chocolate, yeah, yeah. selling in magazines. That was me a yeah. good few years ago. Um, and that also put me in a hospital environment on the wards, surrounded by doctors, nurses, and you kind of see yourself being in their shoes and kind of being there. And yeah. that kind of motivates you. Nice. But just think, talking about it, and you know when you mentioned that you find it a bit difficult to go into a hospital and GP what I realized you know working as a doctor and later on as a medical student it's a lot of the people are fortunate enough that their parents may be doctors mm-hmm. or they know someone that's a doctor and they were able to get work experience a lot easier yeah than people like you know you know in my new situation so you'd you'd find a lot of people had the work experience in hospitals and theaters was able to see yeah. Purely due to you know family connections or their dad was a doctor or their new doctor, true, yeah. um, and in that sense, I do feel that it does uneven the playing field. You know, I don't know if you have any advice on to how to overcome that or if it's something you experience yourself while working as a doctor. So, so that's exactly what I face, isn't it? I didn't know a doctor or a surgeon or anyone that could take me under their wing. Mm on an informal basis without sort of all the long sort of winded approval processes uh, but you know what um, you don't really need healthcare experience to do it's about demonstrating all of your skills yeah. right yeah you had the um, experience in the nursing home mm. which sort of got you into the sort of um, the working environment of what you're in now yeah right but if you've sort of, if you're sort of dead certain on uh, doing medicine you sort of need to now develop your skills isn't it you need to show you're a team player you're a leader yeah. you're able to problem solve you're able to communicate with people and I think as long as you demonstrate all of that yeah um, I sort of 
we'll get to the interviews a little bit later, but I remember tailoring all of my answers in charity work to what the ideal doctor okay, would wow. have been yeah. like, right? So for example, the concept of knocking on someone's door and asking mm. for some change for a campaign. I mean, the ability to communicate with someone that yeah. you don't know at a sort of daunting sort of moment where you knock on someone else's door, mm. right? It takes some skill to do that and to develop that skill. It's a talent in itself. Yeah. Um, so I think for our viewers out there, if they're thinking about medicine and they're thinking about work experience, um, if you can't get healthcare sort of related work, don't be disheartened. Look for generally work experience. That's in the name, isn't yeah? it? Yeah. Work experience just to show off what skills you have and just yeah. to develop. Remember, you're always learning. That's what medicine is about, isn't no, it? You're I definitely agree. And um, yeah, I echo the point again. I remember, you know. At the end of the day, the work experience, it was to show that you're committed to something long term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have time management skills, you have some aspects of leadership, and you can communicate well and problem solve. Yeah. And I agree with you. If you're struggling to kind of get work experience in a hospital or mm. in a GP or in a clinic, there are lots of other things where you can pick up the same skills that we use day in, day out as a doctor. So, no, definitely, I agree. Um, is there, you know, anything else that you feel that kind of helped you? with your application to medicine. I don't know, did you, which medical school did you apply for? Oh, so I didn't apply to Oxford and Cambridge, obviously. Yeah, we, we forget that. Um, let's not forget that. Not her at all. Um, I applied for King's. Mm. I applied for Sheffield. Okay, so you were happy to yeah. move out of London? Uh, my nan lives there. Okay, so I was willing to go live with yeah. my nan. Um, but London, King's, uh, Sheffield, that was it. You know what? That was it for my ambition. So the other applications were so actually, they were non-medical courses. Were they? Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what did you do? Uh, so I applied for pharmacy. Okay. Yeah, and I got my place for pharmacy. So um, at the London School of Pharmacy, which is now UCL. Yeah. Um, and I forgot the other. And biomedical sciences at Queen Mary. Um, and I didn't even make a fifth application, I think. Okay. And that was it. So you, yeah. so that whole mindset you had, even as you know, a few years earlier, you were, you know, you were always thinking about this backup option, always thinking about. It it was always lingering. I didn't really. So by that stage, by the stage of selecting universities, yeah, I was dead certain on doing medicine. It was just that, sort of, I didn't sit the BMAT, so that ruled out Imperial and UCL. Okay. And I didn't want to move that away from family. I had my nan up in Sheffield, and I had majority of my family in London. So what about so Cambridge, Oxford? That wasn't going to happen. Didn't get no reference, obviously. Okay, right? I see. Um, so I knew of Kings. Uh, Queen Mary-wise, um, what happened there? Don't know what happened. Yeah. Maybe they know that they had a medical course. Yeah, it's, I think for... At that time, you're young. And especially for me, I was yeah. the first person to go to university. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's probably the same for you. You don't really have that many people that kind of went through the system, became doctors. And if you exactly. do, there's so many and so few in between that you can't really get hold of them. And I think it was just a, a blur for me. I don't think, if I'm honest, really knew what I was doing. I'm just fortunate enough it kind of worked and things fell yeah. into place for me. But at the time, I remember it's just like a ticklish process. Do this, do that, submit this yeah, and yeah. that. Um, um, and I think that is what, you know, the schools or the environment we grew up kind of like. There wasn't any structure. There wasn't any guidance on 
right, if you want to do medicine, this is what you need to do. These are the skills you need to develop. These exactly. are the type of work experience you need to have. Exactly. And this is the way a personal statement that lands you in an interview should be. And I think, you know, there's a lot of people out there doing lots of different courses that, that are more accessible to people like yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'm grateful for them because it means it allows us an, an even playing field and opportunity to start pursuing medicine. Yeah, I, I think in general, um, at every stage of life, you need a mentor to tell you sort Definitely. of um, what you can do, what you can't do. The options that are available a mentor mm. always helps um yeah but i don't think i never had a mentor did you no i didn't i didn't yeah. know what mentor meant if you could go back in time would you have seeked out yeah a mentor i'd ask you to be my mentor i wouldn't have been i know i i definitely agree even and it's not just for college medical school i think you should always have a mentor someone that's a yeah, few years ahead of definitely. you kind of in their field or doing something that you aspire to do just so they, you know, a guiding hand and kind of tell yeah. you the pitfalls, what went well, what went bad for them and kind of exactly. someone they can rely on. And I definitely would encourage people to seek out mentors. And there are more than enough people out there that are willing to get a mentee yeah. that they're happy to guide and give some advice. Yeah. Um, so Even at our stage, I mean, as a junior doctor, hmm. we're junior, we, we can seek out consultants and registrars who yeah. are willing to sort of guide our careers in yeah. whatever way we want. Um, so, yeah. Mentors are a way forward. Yeah. So I think. Um, so I think it's now time to wrap up episode two. Uh, we'll go on to sort of giving our golden tips again. Wait, just before you go on, I just remembered. I completely forgot. You got robbed, right? <laughs> Tell me how that happened. Like, I'm sure you told me the story, but I can't really remember. But I'm I'm glad we remembered. Man, this was serious, man. So what happened? So and it it was what really ignited the hunger in me to do medicine you know so ah oh man so anyways let's go back flashback to what 2009 maybe 10 9 yeah around 10. that time anyways um so you have to remember i was i was a crazy fan of american rap okay right and during those years it was yeah. the era of sort of wearing jeans a little bit lower than yeah. where it should be yeah. i've never done that ever a little bit lower here uh wearing it Big baggy hoodie, mm. you know, wearing a cap and boot cuts. Boot cuts. Yeah. Was that there? Right yeah, I was wearing boot cuts. Yeah. Anyway, so um, I'm sort. You have to remember, I, I still was a very sort of um, academic. Mm. Uh, so it, it didn't match. Obviously, yeah. Right. But if you looked at me, maybe you, you thought assumed. this guy was a this guy was a thug. Yeah. Right? I looked like a thug. <laughs> Anyways, um, so what happened was um, I I finished my lessons. Uh, I went to my lesson, 9 a.m. lesson I went to, had some lunch and I was now on my way home, right? And um, I'm walking and I walk past a group of guys and they just sort of look at me very aggressively. Anyways, <laughs> I give them no eye contact and I just walk straight past them, right? I'm going yeah. home. Yeah. I see my bus come, I get on my bus and the bus delays itself for like two minutes and I knew it then <laughs> my fate was this sounds like a conspiracy <laughs> man the bus I, uh, the bus driver yeah. I'm sure the was bus driver it. was in on it anyway and I see those same guys just <laughs> run by and get onto the bus and I'm now looking there and I'm like my fate is sealed anyways um, they sit surrounding me yeah surrounding me and back then, I don't know, everyone's got, like, all these young kids now have iPhones. I yeah. had a Nokia N95. I think that was quite uh, good back then, no? It was not good. It was a hand-me-down, and it was also it? sellotaped and blue-tacked <laughs> okay, one. I and I was trying to sell it for £20. <laughs> I wanted £20 for it, but no yeah. one would buy it for £20. Fine. Anyways, and they sat next to me. 
And then they started to talk to me and they said, Oh, you're from a certain area. Oh, I see. And they said, You're a, you're a gang member. Like, Just gang... based on the fact the way you looked. No, I don't know. I have no idea why they assumed that. So I was like, Gang member? Like, yeah. What do you mean, gang member? <laughs> I'm studying my chemistry exam. I want to study medicine. Yeah. Anyways, they're like, You're lying. You're a gang member. Yeah. And I'm like, You know what? We're going to rob you now. Like, rob me? Like, I love the fact that you know, about them, they tell you they're going to rob yeah. you and then they proceed to go yeah. rob you. And I've never been robbed in my life, mm. so I'm just thinking, what yeah. does this involve? And uh, he goes, so give me your phone. So without sort of thing, I just went, um, no, not really, because I'm, I'm on a bus. Yeah, it's a moving bus. I can see CCTV yeah. around me, loads of people around me. So I said no. So my voice was trembling. Yeah, yeah. it's like no. Anyways, um. And he just pulled out a knife, pinned me against the window. <laughs> wow. Yeah? He pinned me against the window with a knife to my neck and said, give me your phone. Okay, so at that point... You I just was, gave it. No, your life slows down. And I just saw my life flash in front of me. And I saw myself, like, I can't do this. So I gave him my phone. Yeah. And I kid you not, he looked at the phone and he said, what is this? Yeah, it was a sellotape. Yeah. Yeah, and he said, okay, fine, he's taking that. And then he said, what else have you got on you? And I had some change on yeah. me, like two pound... And I sort of brought out the coin and he said, mm. yeah, give me that too. So he took two pounds off me Plus and my phone. phone. Yeah. And then he asked for my cap. Yeah. <laughs> See, my cap was, that's how you know it's a good cap. No, but I've, so for the people that know Abs, Abs, yeah. he used to be into his designer where he used to wear a lot of expensive Always. fashion, especially even in med school, like the first, second year, you know, and I remember we used to go shopping and he used to spend a hell of a lot of money yeah. on these really fancy, but, expensive clothes. But mind you, it was not that. I saved up for weeks Yeah, and I don't weeks. know. I, 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 would, yeah, I would prioritize yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> buying there. branded clothing over I, my sort of hunger. I'd, yeah. be, I'd go hungry. St- yeah, I, I witnessed you <laughs> starving to Not buy anymore. a pair of jeans. Not anymore. Anyways, yeah. um, so they took my cap. And then I just I thought, okay, they're going to get off now. But you know what? I That SIM card, was the number was important to me for some reason. Yeah. And I don't know why. I said, can I have my SIM card back? Yeah. They were lovely. They actually gave me my SIM card back. I mean, he struggled with the back of the phone. Yeah. He was like, how do you open it? They were yeah. blue tack. I was like, can you take the blue tack off? And then <laughs> if you take the sellotape off and then take out the battery, you'll find that there's a little little bit more blue tack. Yeah. Yeah, take that off and the SIM card comes out. And he gave me my SIM card. Fine. And uh, he sort of, they just sort of went off on their own way. And you know what? This is where it becomes serious now, right? That really ignited a hunger in me to sort of become a successful mm. and b support others to never be in that position but not as the victim mm. as the person who's doing it why should someone just for a phone or for some something of monetary value mm. have to hurt someone else and have to take someone else's goods maybe those guys needed the phone for money to eat mm. let's give them the benefit of the doubt right but why should someone have to be in that situation? In a country right now, right, where we're all given education as a ticket. Hmm. Man, that is not a choice. Right. Yeah. So that's what that happened to me actually in AS before sorry, um, after the AS exams. And so just around the time you're applying for medical yeah, school, um, Exactly. Yeah. And then I got obviously the AS results came out and I had two A's and two B's and I thought, you know what? I can get all A stars. And yeah. I want to get all A stars. So what I did was I actually went back and I said, I want to sit every single paper, regardless of how well I did in it, or if mm. I got a very high B or a 
low A or a high A. Mm. I wanted a hundred percent in every single paper. Wow. So I, some teachers thought I was absolutely crazy at this point, but I convinced them, mm. and I did just that. So I went back and I sat every paper. Yeah. Right. And a lot of them have got 100%. And it comes from that experience that I am going to win. No. Right. That was it. That's important. It goes back to me always. I always bang on about it. Believe in yourself. And that's it, really. Yeah. And um, I think what kind of reminded me on it, I think a lot of people, there will always be that one pivotal moment or that one event that happened yeah. where that's the trigger factor. That's where your brain clicks. And yeah. that's it guns blazing you're gonna go for something a lot exactly. of people you know when we went into med school you know i'm sure you remember the first few years we used to kind of help the younger years who are getting mm. into med school interview practice and kind of telling them how to answer the questions what type of questions maybe it's you know asked and a lot of them they would always have this moment this pivotal moment where yeah. their life will leverage like they'll pivot and it may be that a parent passed away and they were hopeless they couldn't do anything mm-hmm. or a relative was really unwell in hospital and they got to see the care given to them and for you, maybe that that situation yeah, where, definitely. you know, it's, it's it's in your hand. You can grasp it. Where I can really change my life and make a difference, not yeah. only to people in the hospital, but more so to my community and the surrounding exactly. people. Exactly. Um, and I think that that's quite amazing that you had, you know, an opportunity or a moment where you kind of realized and reaffirmed your belief that you know what I'm going to go for it and become successful and be a doctor. Yeah. What about you? Any pivotal moments you can think um, of? Me, I, I'm probably like the most unconventional guys. I don't think I really had any pivotal moments. I was, for me, I would say I had a mixed group mm-hmm. of friends. Yeah. So I had friends that were very close to me yep. and, you know, kind of wanted to do well, do, go mm-hmm. to university. Mm-hmm. A few of them um, kind of went on to do their stuff, you know, and we would probably talk about them and might even bring yeah. them on because they've gone on to do amazing things. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, I used to also, you know, for me, the difficulty with all of this at this time was happening is I used to become very attached to my friends. So I grew mm-hmm. up, you know, with friends that necessarily didn't go to university or yeah. college. They kind of left after GCSEs. But I like to think of myself as someone that's loyal. And because yeah. we kind of grew up, so a lot of them probably weren't doing things that, you know, were right or, yeah. the, you know, the most sensible things. And you kind of see them and you're in the midst of it. And it's like, how do I forsake my friends in the last 10, 15 years? Yeah because he's being bad and you kind of end up being caught up in a few times mm-hmm. and you know and you're just in these two camps and I think you know something happened and one of them ended up going to you know prison essentially yeah. and that was for me where you kind of reevaluate and you think to yourself do you know what yeah these may be my friends and I've known mm-hmm. them for years and our parents know each other and our parents are you know the best friends mm-hmm. but if I keep hanging out with these individuals and I keep going down the route there I'll lose everything I'll end up in prison or I can kind of pivot and work hard stay with my mates at college go for med school and try to become something like myself and kind of yeah. same as you be a role model for these people in the community because for me i'll be honest it was between the two i was so close down going down one route yeah while at the same time I had this amazing opportunity that was you know flourishing um so i'd say that it wouldn't be a nice. certain moment but a certain time in my life yeah i think um, as you said everyone i think has that sort of moment yeah definitely yeah. so um, so that's you happy? You told the world about my... Oh, you getting robbed. I didn't realise you'd be that deep and yeah. sensitive. Anyways, if you want to give my N95 back, um, That's fine. email me again. <laughs> um, anyways, so I think that brings episode two to a wrap. I think we should always, as usual, finish with three bits of advice for our viewers that are watching and they want to prepare now for their sort of uh, applying to med school. You take it away with your um, bits of advice. 
top three piece of advice looking back in hindsight I'd say identify which medical schools you want to go to mm-hmm. and why mm-hmm. find out what they require is it a UK cat is it BMAT um, and prepare for it as well as you can yep um, there's loads of books out there loads of courses mm-hmm. that, are, that are really good and that will give you an insight um, and I think genuinely from what you said I, you know I probably didn't think of this before commit go for it don't mm. be too worried about not getting in you can always try again you can always try something else Mm-mm. but commit for it don't go into it you know maybe I'm to blame myself as well because I wasn't really too you know I was really on it but at the same time I didn't wasn't that fast if I didn't get in yeah be committed go for it yeah use you know don't you know like you said you you know you had one spare option left go for it maximize the opportunity for you yeah, to do medicine definitely and finally just you know tell your friends about it get as much support as you can speak to people and definitely if you can and i know it's really tricky yeah get a mentor that can help you you know definitely. if you want advice you know and me we're more than happy to give you you know exactly. advice get a mentor that can help you through the process because if you know if you're like us and it's the first time someone in your family's going to university you're in an environment where you know not everyone is conducive or they're not Mm-mm. encouraging to go to university it does help having that guiding hand Definitely. What about you? What would you kind of recommend? Um, bits of advice. Uh, I'll give some specific advice. I'll say number one, uh, regarding work experience, get work experience anywhere. Don't be disheartened if you can't get it in healthcare. Um, go into charities, nursing homes, care homes, um, anything that will sort of show off your skills. I think everyone has got those skills. It's just about demonstrating them and learning them. Um, I think number two, as you said, I think with your personal statement and how you got into a group of friends to do mm. it, I think it's important to have loads of th- friends who get into a nice circle, review each other's work, critique it for each other, and sort of give positive, constructive feedback. Mm-hmm. Number three, I would say, so that was work experience, that was sort of doing things as a group of friends, writing a personal statement together. Um, and I think when it comes to prepping for med school, you have to always think about your exams and you have to always think about what happens when you do get an interview yeah so I think that might be something that's worth talking about Um, we might talk about next episode yeah Um, are we talking about that next episode we can if you want we'll talk about um, it'd be nice to kind of continue yeah we'll we'll do that we'll talk about so I think it's probably a nice and wrap up so thank you for everyone for tuning Mm -hmm. in to the second episode of Scrubbed In I hope you enjoyed it Um, you probably got to know a bit more about us and our journey into med school um, and becoming doctors. Um, next week we'll probably, you know, we'll try to talk about interviews and you know what happened mm. next. Um, but tune in, and thank you once again for listening. See you then.